welcome to Lead by Women Will, a Google podcast created to inspire women as we rise in our careers. I'm your host, Loranda Martin-Evans. Today, my guest is Barbara Kavnis. Barbara Kavnis is CEO of 360 Partners. With more than 12 years' experience in digital marketing, online strategy, and web design, she is a leader, a mom, and a great friend. Barbara earned a BA in psychology from Duke University, where she was captain of the women's lacrosse team, and she credits her love of sport for helping to shape the CEO that she is today. It is my pleasure to welcome Barbara to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Miranda. So I should mention that Barbara and I actually had a chance to meet up in person in her home base of Austin, Texas, during South by Southwest. And I have to tell you guys, she is one awesome human. Uh, Barbara, <laughs> thank you so much for giving up your evening and the bedtime routine with the kids to hang out with me. So anyway, I'm just I'm just so glad that we could have had that dinner together with your crazy schedule. And um, it sort of brings me to my first question, which is work-life balance. And you seem to have it going on. What is your secret? Man, I don't know about that. I maybe just fake it really well or something. But um, as we were kind of talking about when we met, one of the things that I think is great about, you know, wisdom coming with age is you learn things like being choosy. Um I also, this is probably my current thing that I'm working on is having a little bit of grace with myself. I think the good and the bad of being really driven and achievement oriented is there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish in my life. But I realized at this particular stage, sometimes you have to just be a little bit more patient, a little bit more forgiving, not try to do it all at once, you know, prioritize the things really that are most important and, and recognize that it doesn't mean that the other things that you want to do will never happen. It's just kind of a, okay, maybe, maybe not now. Maybe that's mm-hmm. something that gets pushed off for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years, depending on what it is. Um, and, and that's the other thing actually that I think I'm really grateful for as I get older is, um, not just the grace with myself, but also, you know, A, recognizing that I still have time, um, but also B, knowing that um, maybe there are even times where you accept a little bit of imbalance, meaning you have to put more energy into being a mom, let's say, Mm -hmm. I've got two toddlers right now, or something really big is happening with your company. So things like your physical fitness or hobbies fall off because it's, you know, mom and work and that's it. But you know, the older I get, the more I just kind of appreciate, all right, well, at least I have some perspective and know that this is a season and not forever. And as long as I feel like I'm putting my time to the things that, that matter and I'm getting something out of it, it's worth it. So you mentioned life stages. Are things, do you have a different perspective now that, as you mentioned, you're a mom with two toddlers? Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing, youth is wasted on the young. I There are so many things I would go back and like... A, probably slap my 22-year-old self and tell her to appreciate certain things more. (laughs) But B, what I would give to be able to share some of the things that I've learned, you know, now that I'm almost 39. (laughs) What would, I would love to know, what would be some of those things? Like, what would you love to have known in your 20s that you know now? Hmm, man, um... Well, first of all, I would absolutely tell myself to be grateful for the kind of shape I was in, yep. and not just you know a skinny and you know those jeans fitting, but <laughs> well, you know I, I could I could do so much physically, right? <laughs> yeah, and I look back, and I was so hard on myself in my twenties about how I looked physically. And I look back, and I'm like, yeah. girl, you had it going on. You were going to the gym, oh, and like man. you were healthy, and 
Give yourself yeah, some credit. Having fun. Well, and, 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 you know, I, I would tell myself to enjoy the, the training, the working out for the love of, of being physically fit, not worrying so much about the look side of it. And, you know, that's a hard one for, I think, any woman, regardless of age and stage, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And um, I think the more, honestly, in some ways, the more driven you are as a woman, the more pressure you can put on yourself in a lot of areas, not just the physical side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think other things I would tell my younger self are, um, don't be afraid to work hard, right? You know, if it's something that really matters, be willing to put in the time and effort, be willing to earn your stripes. Um, I have a lot of young women on my team. And one of the things that I really try to, you know, encourage in them is, hey, if, if it's something you want badly enough, you know, go for it. Know in your heart that it's possible. It may not always be a pleasant or easy journey, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I remember a lot of late nights as I was starting my career. And I remember sometimes seeing the moms who left at five o'clock and being like, oh, why do they get to leave early? Just because... They've got kids to pick up. And I wish I could go back and tell myself, you have no idea how much work she's doing while she's multitasking, while the, after the kids go to bed. Like those women, mm-hmm. it's, just a, it's just a different time frame for them and how lucky I yeah. was to be able to just devote my physical presence at work versus those moms who, who have to go. I just, I just see it so differently now being on the other side. Isn't that the truth? It's funny. I'm I'm still in touch with one of my first bosses out of college, and I have long since joked with her about I owe you an apology and a debt of gratitude, yeah. and thank you for laying the way for you know I had no idea, and and oh man, I I remember thinking oh my gosh she's leaving early, and little did you know that oh no no five thirty no, no, p.m. No. she's probably been awake for twelve hours by now, yes. and she's got at least a few more ahead of her before she gets to put her head on a pillow. Yeah, so. it's so true. It's so true. So then what when it comes to your company, how important is work-life balance? And as the CEO, how do you how do you bring that to life? Yeah, great question. And and I feel like that's a hot topic in in the working world. I mean, everywhere now, right? Everything from you know the millennial generation, and and they actually I think have their heads screwed on straighter in, in some ways than other generations, and that they really value that and. I think there's some tension there in terms of helping them understand, no, 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 you, you still need to earn your stripes a little bit, as I said, but also, you know, nurturing and respecting that they, they want to do other things. And, and maybe there's even some value in that, right? Imagine mm-hmm. someone has a, a hobby that inspires them creatively when they're working. Mm-hmm. What, what better way to you know, get the most out of somebody than, you know, allowing them to have that balance in their life? Um, I think personally, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely it can be challenging, as I said. Um, but I think it, it it's it's a little bit weird, right? It, it's it's challenging personally, but then because of this great team that I have and these incredible people that I work with, it makes it worth it. And and you know the kind of company we're trying to build and and um, you know, the the things that we're trying to sort of teach our younger employees, those are things that are really interesting to me and really inspiring and really motivating for me. So on those days where you're just like, oh, God, the baby had a crappy night. I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you know, the things that you're working on and the people that you're working with that I think keep me going. Um, so that's not necessarily a great answer in terms of how, how to establish that perfect sort of work-life balance. But to be perfectly honest, I think it's more about 
managing the ebbs and flows than expecting that you're always going to have like the the scales are going to be perfectly balanced on both sides. I, I don't think it's quite that clean. Would that it were. Yeah. So with when you when it comes to running the operation, do you are, are you a, I got to see butts in seats? I got to have FaceTime, or are you able are people able to be sort of flexible and work remotely? Such a good question. I so I the thing that I spout a lot probably to you know the the extent my team now rolls their eyes is being an excellence driven culture, mm-hmm. and and what that really means and and we try to explain that to people right because you just spout off a bunch of fancy marketing speak like that and people kind of look at you like what does that mean crazy lady, <laughs> so I think it's obviously you know focusing on outcomes not necessarily how people get there. Now, obviously that assumes and we make it clear, hey, you know, you can't break the law or, you know, step on necks or, you know, be unethical. But assuming that you deliver the kinds of results and that you contribute as a member of our team in the way that we want, we want you to to find, you know, your way of doing the work because, you know, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. And so if I just say, hey, I want you to be excellent every day that you're here. And, oh, by the way, I want you to love being excellent, right? That's kind of the catch me too is if you're good at something but you don't actually like it, you know, that that I don't think you get the best out of people if they aren't really excited about what they do. And, and it doesn't mean you don't have rough days or, you know, tough client calls or all those things. But if they genuinely like what they do and you – give them a lot of sort of latitude to get their jobs done the way they want to, but still with this sort of North star of we want to be excellent. We want to build long-term partnerships with our clients. We want to be great teammates to each other. You know, we want to be really strong communicators. Um, You know, if you do all those things and sort of clearly communicate those expectations with your team, my experience is you not only see fantastic employee retention and employee satisfaction, but you do better work. And isn't that the name of the game, right? You, absolutely. You want to do the best you can, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, Barbara, while we were having a glass of wine and eating possibly way too much cheese, you told me no, <laughs> no such thing. You know, such thing as too much cheese. But you did. You told me this inspiring story, and I'm hoping you will share it today with our listeners. And that story was the swagger story. <laughs> I love that you named it that. I, I, Lord help me. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It but, was a yeah, great so. story. It's so good. If you feel comfortable sharing it, we'd love to hear sure, it. Sure. Sure. So uh, I think how this came about is we were talking about, you know, I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to be a CEO and I know right. exactly how to do it. Right. It was much more of a gradual, gradual process. But when I got to 360 Partners, um, actually a little over eight years ago now, you know, I, I felt like the owners were really some some great people. I just they were different in a lot of ways, um, and and I, I just felt like I kind of finally found my home. And so as I sort of started to learn and grow, you know, my own skills, probably about a year and a half or two years in, I was just loving what I was doing, but kind of starting to go, all right, where am I going with this? You know, what's what's next? And so I kind of started to look around and go, well, you know, I'm sort of the head of the whole account services team. So maybe I should just run this company. So I go starting into my boss's office one day and sort of say, hey, dude, I could totally run this company. <laughs> and he sort of takes a, a quick pause and then looks back at me and goes, okay, 
tell me more about that. And were you prepared? <laughs> one of those, were, 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 had no, you just walked in there? <laughs> no, I totally like the idiot that I am went strutting in there and you know, it's it's definitely a be careful what you wish for in some ways, but the flip side is, you know, obviously what came next was us saying, okay, well, what does that look like? Where are your gaps in terms of skills, Barbara, that you need to be really willing to work on in order to be able to be a credible person, you know, in this role? Um, who do we want to be as a company, right? You know, what is your vision for this business? What does your version of leadership look like? How how would you shape this company in your role? And so kind of from there, it was, you know, the rubber started to meet the road in terms of me actually getting ready to deliver. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Four years ago now. So be careful what you wish for listeners because you might actually get it. But, <laughs> and now I have the gray hair to prove it. But it's amazing <laughs> to me. And I, I call it the swagger store because, because the way you t- like you just sort of got up one day and you're like, I can run it. And I think all of us have felt that sometimes at whatever company we're at. We, you see somebody else and we're like, that ding dong, I could do it better. Like I, everyone's, whether you're working at an ice cream shop or, you know, a big tech company. Um, but you mm-hmm. did it. You walked in and said, I, I, I could run this whole place. And now you are. Well, yeah, well, it's it's not even necessarily that I thought I could do it better. But one of the things that I would say, to especially to the women listening, is, you know, I think there's a fine line between, you know, being arrogant and being confident. And again, that's a a well-known topic. But as women in particular, that's not necessarily something that's naturally nurtured in us, you know, to to be be bold, to be assertive. And so if if I had, you know, my 22-year-old self sitting in front of me, I would say, absolutely, you need to be willing to be bold if you want to have the level of professional success that you want. Now, (laughs) there's a whole lot that comes with that, right? But if I'm not going to go after it, if I'm not going to be my own advocate, if I'm not going to ask for what I want and then be prepared to work hard to get it, who's going to do it for me? You know, there are no handouts in this life, unfortunately. So this this sort of, you know, going for it, finding your challenge, working toward making it happen, uh, it feels like there's a lot of that that's that sports life in you. And I'd love for you to talk to us about the important sport played in your life. Sure. Well, you know, you being Canadian, you will obviously appreciate the fact that I played lacrosse. Yes, right? we appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> so few people in America do. Definitely Hockey got the, you know, and lacrosse <laughs> exactly. and beer are our national pastimes. Yes, and curling, if only probably. Americans, yeah, <laughs> if only Americans have their priorities so in order. But, you know, my dad was actually an all-American lacrosse player a million years ago. And I was a kid and he literally put a stick in my hand when I was maybe eight or 10 years old. And he said, just try it. If you don't love it, I will never make you play again. But I got bitten by the bug. And the great thing about sport in general for me was, and and again, you know, 38 year old me totally gets all this so much more than younger me did. But think about it. You have to learn to to play with teammates that you don't like. You know, if you want to be the most highly effective unit and, and therefore, you know, win the game, win the, win the tournament, you know, make it all the way to the top, whatever the top is, you need the the most talented team of, of of athletes, and that doesn't necessarily always mean everyone will be your best friend, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can learn to be the most highly effective unit, regardless of personalities, and it takes really good communication, it takes you know anticipation, understanding each other's strengths, things like that. Um, you know, it can lead to really great things. And, and the irony, of course, is that that's so true in business. You know, it's, it's not about 
always liking everybody that you work with. It is 100% figuring out how you can maximize each other's, each other's strengths and, you know, communicate really effectively. The other thing too about sports is resiliency, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're going to lose the big game. <laughs> Probably you're going to lose more than you're going to win again, depending on your team and your sport and all that. The question is, what do you do with that? Do you have the ability to sort of pick yourself up, dust yourself off, get back out there, you know, take a thousand more shots if that's what's required, you know, to win it the next time. So I just, I feel so fortunate for my sporting career because of all the things that I learned. And and I try to, without sounding super preachy to my team, of course, you know, impart a lot of that to them because, you know, I think especially if you haven't been tested in your life, when you're new in business, it can be a little bit of a rude awakening, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're not protected, you're not sheltered by, you know, family or, you know, classmates or things like that. And so if we can teach our young people how to be resilient, how to work well in a team, how to communicate really effectively, we will hopefully set them up for life, not just their professional life. And I think, too, you spoke about it, but for women learning that winning mentality, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, I just want everybody to be happy. But there's something about Mm. sport that drives you to handle the losses, regroup and then work towards winning. And that's what successful companies do. They, They win. Yeah. And I would vigorously argue that you can be a winner without being a jerk. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I, again, as women, you know, oh, I have to be nice. I think the most loving thing you can do for someone is tell them the truth. And, and I think there is a way to do it that's kind and diplomatic, but still gets the message across. So you, you, and, d- you know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. But, so you, just, diplomatic, yeah. but get, still get the message across. <laughs> I mean, again, the thing about sports that was great is, you know, you have milliseconds, right? So, you know, the shorthand that you have to have with teammates, and, and, it, and it can be very blunt or very terse at times, right? And, and I'm not saying that that is how you should do it in business, but imagine that you have the ability to sort of be that direct, that succinct. How effective could you be in your business communications if you, if you had that skill, right? It's funny. Sometimes I write emails. And I'm very direct. And then I, before I send them, I go back and then I add the f- fluffiness. Is that, is, do you think well, that's a female thing? I, I should stop, right? Well, I, so I would say don't ever communicate anything important via email because tone, right? It's impossible yeah. to communicate tone effectively in email. And, and it's weird, right? Because we all live in email every day, all day. And, and yeah, I'm like you. I, I end up having to sort of edit myself a little bit. Right? Because I feel <laughs> like a people... a little fluff. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, is, this is why the invention of emojis, right? Yes. <laughs> where, where did we... How did we communicate without emojis? Yeah. Winky face. <laughs> Get yeah. it to me by five. Winky face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smile, hand wave, yeah. thumbs up. But do it, though. But do it. Um, yeah, so, you no, know, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously. It, it, I mean, it's hard. It's hard because as women, we tend to be people pleasers. And and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, we're even judged on that a little bit. So, But at CEO, I mean, you're CEO, you're the boss. So how important is it for you that people like you? Oh, man. You know, personal Barbara versus business, you know, boss Barbara. Right. <laughs> Very different, right? You know. Personal me has never met a person she didn't like and didn't want to be friends with. Boss me has had to realize that, unfortunately, that's not my role. Mm-hmm. You know, my role is to, you know, lead by example, to set the standard, to inspire people to want to follow me. And, you know, it also is to make hard decisions. And, and despite your best intentions and, and whether you're a CEO or just a head of a department or you run a team or whatever your role, if you are the boss, 
you need to be prepared that someone sometime is going to think you're a jerk or an a-hole. And I had a a mentor of mine say that to me earlier in my sort of leadership career. He said, the boss is always an a-hole. And at the time I was like, but I don't want to be. But I mean, what he was really trying to help me see is no matter what, you could plan things perfectly. You could have the best of intentions and it might still go in such a way that someone will see you as a jerk. And, and I, I think that's where you really have to have the courage of your convictions. You have to obviously have been thoughtful and, you know, use all of the resources at your disposal to make good decisions. Of course, have integrity, all of those things. But if you've really tried to do that and someone still sees you as an a-hole, then I think you've just got to be prepared to live with that. Um, and, and one of the ways that I try to sort of mitigate that is I communicate. My, you know, I do a quarterly meeting with my team. I share financials. I talk to them about my plans for the company, what I need from them. I answer questions. And I think the more I set the example of really open and honest communication, um, hopefully the more they will try to follow it. And, and hopefully also I'm getting out in front of any of those sort of miscommunications that could have me seen as being an a-hole. <laughs> And, and what you know, it doesn't always work, right. but it's, it's. I think it's the best best you can do. And what about as you're building out your team, as you're hiring, um, and hiring the right attitude? Tell me about the the B B plus philosophy. Oh yeah, I mean, I think so. We're a small and growing company, and so part of having an excellence driven culture is you got to find A players, right? Um, and I think. You know, eight players, first, you, you want to try to hire for them. And, and, and that can be defined differently depending on the organization. But, you know, my first piece of advice is define what an A player looks like. And I can tell you for us, it's, you know, someone who we believe already personifies our core values. We have six of them. They're super, super important to us. We literally live and die by our values. And, and we start talking about that in the hiring process. And, you know, we talk to candidates about, hey, you know, if we offer you a job, it's because we already think you're an A player. We already think that you, you know, personify our you know, values. And, and now we're going to help you be a really, really effective marketer. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, being consistent, right? You know, A's want to work with A's. And if, if you put an A player with other A players and you see them pushing themselves and, and really delivering excellent work, that's, you know, all you have to do then is get out of their way, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be inspired by their teammates and want to deliver the same level of excellence, right? But if you couldn't get the A, or or would you rather have uh, like a B-plus talent who's nice or had a good attitude or an A-plus talent, it checks every boxes, but it's one of those super go-gettery, rubs people the wrong way people. I th- so I think it depends on the company, but generally I skew towards somebody who's got the right attitude, and and because here's the deal, the talent is a little bit um, talent's relative. Like if, if in my world, somebody with a great attitude is somebody who's coachable, somebody who is you know hardworking, someone who's self motivated, somebody who's who's you know intelligent. Obviously, they've got to be smart enough that they can learn this stuff and that they can continue to self develop. But if those boxes are checked, I don't care if they if they come in knowing nothing about digital marketing. I can teach them that. I can help them be an A. But somebody who's super duper smart and thinks they know everything and doesn't want to hear a word from anyone, there's there's no upside. They're not going to grow because right. you know they're the, they're their own lid. 
So then I would love a final Barbara thought before we end the podcast today. I, I, do you have any final words for how to get ahead? Hmm. Um, you know, it's going to sound really Pollyanna-ish, but I think, you know, hard work and, and believing and paying it forward. You know, I believe in karma and, you know, as a, as a woman who's an executive now, I look to create opportunities for other young women who want to be leaders themselves and, and, and men too, nothing against the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think hard work and pay it forward and a lot, a lot is possible. Well, I don't think that's Pollyanna. I think that's fantastic. So thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us today. I obviously super appreciate you being a part of the Women Will Initiative. And I sincerely hope we can get together again to eat way too much cheese. Um, Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. For our listeners, thanks for joining us. Remember, knowledge is power. So share these podcasts with friends and colleagues. And find past episodes of Women Will on the Google Events page, iTunes, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Keep the conversation going on Twitter. Hashtag Lead by Women Will. I'm at Loranda. And now, for all of us, time to go smash some ceilings. Possibly with cheese. Cheese.